Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Okay, well, listen, uh, well, welcome back to The Boiling Point, everyone. Um, we took a week off, and there's a reason for that. Uh, and we apologize. And we apologize. We, we, we do know that there is po- uh, podcast etiquette of always being, uh, you know, weekly and consistent, and we've only missed one. Yeah. But now it's two. Is it two now? Okay. But but we got a reason. Yeah. Well, we got a, and a great reason. And one of the things we talked about is we're getting all these great guests on. And um, and and I was watching, you know, I'm not a big Facebook guy, but I was watching occasionally on Facebook and I would see these fabulous pictures pop up from one Greg Hemmings um, on his trip to India. And uh, when you got back and we were getting this scheduled... Um, I threw it out. I said, you know, I bet you people would love to hear about the, I know I would love to hear about your experience in India. And, um, and I thought, why didn't I interview you, but interview, or but interview about India. And, uh, you know, like, like, cause we got some pretty cool stories and you in particular, my friend, you're traveling all over the place and the pictures I saw were stunning. So, um, why don't we, we're going to take some time and, and just kind of investigate this trip and find out what you learned and all that good stuff. So, um, but what was the purpose of the trip? I mean, like, and maybe, maybe just give people some context, like how long were you gone? Um, I mean, you did go at a good time, midwinter, crazy, crazy storms yeah. here. Well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, f- first of all, I'll, I'll answer the question after you agree that I can flip the table on you at another uh, week. Cause oh, there's God. a lot of things I want to ask you. Okay, done. So, okay, so yeah, um, we're shooting a a documentary right now called The Millennial Dream. And uh, it's a very cool project. We're probably going to film maybe about eight to 10 months. uh, And it's it's another social impact film. Uh, And do you want me to just give you a really quick Coles notes about what it is? Well, yeah, exactly. Well, we have a theory, and I say we, uh, being um, a group of New Brunswick thought leaders uh, who are in our area who really want to see positive change, positive social change. Um, and what I'm about to tell you isn't just about New Brunswick. Like you could be in Nebraska or you could be in Timbuktu or doesn't matter, Hubli, India, does not matter. Um, this story uh, is relatable to people all around the world. We're just using New Brunswick and New Brunswick stories as a case study. Um, we are seeing uh, a significant decline in our economy right now. Um and that's kind of across the board. <laughs> We're also seeing a decline in uh, in population. We are actually seeing more deaths where we are from than births. Um, and then when young, uh, younger people get educated here in, uh, in our region, they leave. So this is a very common scenario to places that are not uh, like Toronto, New York, not, not the larger cities, right? Because people are flocking to those cities mm-hmm. where these regions... Um, it's kind of more rural... We are rural cities. I know we consider, yeah, we're exactly. Rural we're, cities. We consider it urban locally, but it's really kind of like you say, rural yeah, cities. We are off the beaten path. Um, so how did the project come up? Like how did it, like, in the, so that's the, that's the, that's, well, that's the, that's that's only the a part landscape, right? That, that, that's a part of it, though. Okay. Um, we feel that, uh, we've got a theory yeah. uh, that we can reverse that trend of, of uh, millennials, young, younger people leaving and we can start attracting new millennials to this area, like people who, who had no history uh, in, in New Brunswick, 
attract them. We can also encourage New Brunswick millennials to stay here. And we want to pull back millennials who left, lived life, got trained somewhere else in the world and decided to come back for lifestyle. And uh, But how do we do that? We can't do it if there's no opportunity, right? So what does opportunity mean? In this um, social movement that we are we're involved with, opportunity isn't necessarily come back with these jobs that are going to pay you a lot of money. That might be part of it, but really our theory is uh, millennials are looking for jobs and careers with impact and the ability to uh, to pretty much set their their uh, set their course for their own destiny and know that their individual efforts uh, are making global uh, impact. That's very important for this new generation of uh, people entering the, the workforce. So we feel that if we can continue to encourage the established business community in New Brunswick to really start leaning towards triple bottom line, which is uh, we measure profit, we measure social impact, you know, people mm-hmm. and the planet, environmental impact. So we call that triple bottom line, mm-hmm. people, profit, planet. Um, if we can start getting the established businesses to start measuring triple uh, bottom line, they're going to start behaving in a new way. Mm-hmm. And that new behavior is actually going to start solving a lot of our social problems like poverty and uh, um, and healthcare and education because business has the power to solve a lot of these, these issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is our belief. This is our theory. Mm-hmm. And we believe that most people who value the type of lifestyle that we can have in a beautiful area like this, filled with nature, good community values, we feel that we could be an incredibly attractive place for, for millennials if they can make global impact uh, with a career uh, that they've got a lot of flexibility uh, in and they've got a very high sense of purpose. So we want to build that ecosystem here. Yeah. And we went to India and Boston <laughs> because those are two jurisdictions that are actually doing this right. Like they've really put a heavy, heavy, heavy focus on businesses starting to solve social problems and businesses, uh, social entrepreneurship uh, is exploding in these places. And we went to explore the social entrepreneurship scene in Hubli, India. So that's a big introduction. That's uh, <laughs> that's where I was. So, and, uh, and, then, and the idea that that millennial, like you're educating the business community on what millennials want, or you're trying, like who's your who's your audience at the end of the good day? Good question. Um, the audience is is we've got three generations of a, of an audience. We've got the baby boomers, the Gen Xers, and the millennials. That's a pretty broad spectrum of uh, of generation that are currently in the workforce. Okay, uh, all three. Now here's the thing: the millennials already know what they want. Okay, so really the target here is if we want to make change quickly. We have to convince the establishment to start changing the way they're looking at things and how they're, how they're going to continue to grow and uh, how they're going to continue to um, make impact in the community, mm-hmm. locally and globally, mm-hmm. uh, in order for the millennials, because they're very smart and aware, for mm-hmm. them to be able to see, oh my gosh, I can actually make impact here because look, look what this company's doing. Mm-hmm. Look what Vision Coaching is doing. Mm-hmm. Look what Hemings House is doing. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, These are companies that are... Uh, and Picaroons, for example, the the, the beer company, yeah, yeah. who's a B Corp now, change change one change the world, changing the world one beer at a time. One beer at a time, exactly. That. And uh, so we, our our primary audience will be the Gen X and the Baby Boom uh, established business community, okay. uh, who we believe have the power to make a lot quicker change in government. Gotcha. Uh, and community. Does. Okay. So uh, so a very cool project. So and it's being produced by a generation of. Uh, Gen Xers. Okay. Really? Yeah. And and then for, for the audience, millennials are 
What, Millennials, okay, there's there's no actual defined uh, age group. Okay. However, uh, a millennial is defined as somebody who pretty much came to age at the turn of the millennia. Uh, at the millennia. They're also called digital natives. They were born into the world of the internet. Okay, so if that gives you a little understanding. Yeah. Now, I, I just read a statistic the other day that somebody argues that Generation X ends at 76, 1976, which means I'm a 1977er. Which means I'm a millennial. Very interesting. <laughs> Which is very interesting because that cusp between those generations, I find a lot of people my age and up to your age, Dave, I know you're not that much older than I am, but the, the younger <laughs> Gen Xers yeah. are really that bridge between that, that heavy capitalist motive and heavy profit, bottom line, to this more blended impact uh, business model. Right. We're seeing, I almost see most of the thought leadership in this space is that group that that bridge between gen x and the millennial group yeah, which yeah. is kind of late 30s early 40s okay. um are the ones who are really spearheading this change because they see they're listening finally right. to the younger generation right, right. right? so so that so in the time we have um i mean despite how i really i want to learn more i mean i know a little bit but the, you're really piquing my interest i'm sure People are sitting back thinking, what a what a cool project to be part of and how it got started and all that stuff. We'll have to forget that for a second. So you, you traveled to India. So first off, how did you learn about, and what city is it again? A place called Hubli, H-U-B-L-I. So how did you learn about Hubli, India? Okay, well, very interesting. Um, have you heard of a man named Desh Deshpande? Yes. Okay. So if you live in New Brunswick, Boston, or Hubli, India, you definitely know Desh Deshpande. Um, I believe Desh is a billionaire. Um, if he's not, he's should be. <laughs> he's the kindest, most generous, most uh, wise, humble person I've ever met. I'm not even kidding. He's such an incredible person that made much success in his life. And he is a perfect example of that baby boom generation. He's from Hubli, India. Um, that came to, uh, he actually uh, studied at UNB in Fredericton. Made his uh, great success in the U.S. out of Boston, and now he's giving back through, through the uh, Deshpande Foundation. So, <clears throat> so he would be a very successful entrepreneur, like and yeah. he's become a bit of a social entrepreneur well, that, and yeah. philanthropist, and he has an institute, <clears throat> and he's all about developing and growing, um, you know, an entrepreneurial ecosystem and that sort of thing, right? Yeah, and not only an entrepreneurial ecosystem, a social entrepreneurial. Uh, ecosystem, right. one that right. continues to value that concept of triple bottom line. Um, and for the the New Brunswickers who are listening here, uh, Deshish Pandey partnered with Jerry Pond, who's another very successful uh, uh, seasoned entrepreneur in New Brunswick, who really we can owe a lot of uh, our uh, entrepreneurial success as, in this ecosystem mm-hmm. to Jerry, mm-hmm. um, somebody we should get on uh, as a guest, yeah, actually, absolutely. at some point. Yeah. Uh, so in New Brunswick, it's called the Pond Dish Pandey. Uh, center. So the two of them have created this the center in New Brunswick of it's an incubator which is helping uh, entrepreneurs uh, achieve great success uh, with a very specialized focus on uh, making profit and solving a lot of the uh, the problems that NGOs, not profits, and governments just don't have the capacity to do because for a nonprofit to make significant impact, um, they have issues because they've got they've got donors to account to. Right. So let's say you're a not for profit and you think it's really important to add another 10 percent in your marketing budget. Well, because you really believe that that's actually going to help your movement uh, be more successful. Well, it's 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 kind of 
limiting if you are operating strictly on donations because people are going to criticize you and scrutinize like why why aren't why aren't those dollars going straight to the you, to you have the, a, yeah right. you have a responsibility to donors they want to see money used and it in a makes certain sense. way yeah no, we get totally. it so what what's happening now is we're trying to see the not for profit model and the uh, capitalistic uh, entrepreneurial model blended and we call this the blended uh, it's a blended business model okay. um, so we are we are we got the mindset and the spirit of a not, not for profit trying to make good in the community or in, in the world, yeah. and then also that real savvy uh, uh, business understanding on how to make profit. Right. So not only are we going to generate wealth, we're also going to use a lot of that money to solve the issues that that it might take ten times as long for a right, non-for, right, not for right, profit. Right, so right. It, it possibly a conf- co- uh, controversial uh, discussion uh, if we had this conversation. I don't, I don't even think so. I think it's a pretty, pretty. you know, I mean, like we, like it's a well-known concept and we talked about this uh, a number of months back with, uh, I've forgotten her name now from Scout and Burrow. Um, Christy. Uh, O'Leary, Christy right? O'Leary, yeah. Um, and, um, you know, and the fact that, you know, you have you have departments and corporations that are around social responsibility. Like, it's, a, it's an understood concept and how it's becoming less and less uh, something that's off to the side, but it's just integrated into how you do business. So, and we, we, we discussed that. But, so let's go to Hubli India. Like, so you're, so now you've decided to go there. You've, you, now it makes sense why. Um, so tell me about the trip. Like, what was, uh, like, so well, you, you, well, you, here's, you, here's the like, crazy ha- thing. Hubli is 1.5 million people. Right. And, um, there's no airport. Twice the size that, of this province we right. talk, we speak of often on this program, <laughs> right? In terms of population, very true. Um, and uh, that, what you just said makes uh, a lot of sense because Hubli, being twice the size of our population, still makes a good case study for us to compare New Brunswick against. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the other, like, like I was just about to say, the other funny comparison is it's very hard to get there. Just mm-hmm. like it's hard to get to where you and I live, mm-hmm. there is an airport. But there hasn't been an airline operating there, I think, in two years. Like, there's no way to get there. So you fly to Bangalore mm-hmm. and drive for nine hours on a bus to get to this place. Talk about the trucking industry being important. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. We're going to be interviewing someone it's later about cr- that. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Coming up. So it was crazy to get there. It, it was 45 hours door-to-door for me to get there. Not an easy place to get to. 45 hours yeah. door-to-door. Yeah, it was very difficult. <laughs> but I can relate to that being from Atlanta, Canada. It's not easy to get here. Yeah, but right? not that hard. No, no, no. But I, I'm trying to find comparisons yeah, here. Gotcha. Um, so what what happened in Hubli over the last five years since Desh set up his uh, foundation is there's been a complete spin around on the uh, prosperity of that community. Um, it was so off on the fringes, hard to get to, a lot of poverty, a lot of social issues. Um, Desh decided to come in and set up a center that's training thousands of people to become entrepreneurs. Cool. And training kids how to think outside the box and you know experiment. And he's uh, seeding money into these incredible initiatives. Schools are teaching um, kids traditional uh, Indian arts and music and, uh, and sciences. I even went to a school that, that Desh supports, and there's a wall, 10 feet tall. And it's, it's the jumping wall. So the kids climb up to the top of it. It's 10 feet tall. And they learn how to jump off a 10-foot wall, like parkour. So like talking, like risk-taking. Risk-taking. Love it. And really, like obviously there's no litigation issues over there, right? So um, they're doing something really amazing. And now like the new standard over there is uh, the standard of cool and uh, prosperity is becoming uh, your own person. And the the, the little businesses that we saw coming out of this were amazing. Like what's an Um, example? Like what what was one that really struck you? One that struck me, which was really neat, was this woman who, um, um, I, I don't know if, what her level of education was previous to this. Um, but she set up a security company, uh, you know, to have 
security guards uh, at malls, at shops, at factories, but they're all women. So this is unheard of in mm. India, right? And security is a, ma- a male-dominated job, right? Yeah, even in North America for the most part, I would she think. She thought, she had this great idea, and she had zero background security, zero background in martial arts or anything. But she was like, women can diffuse situations so much better and quicker than men can. Yeah. This is this is a thought that came yeah, into her head. Makes so much sense. So she started w- with uh, learning martial arts herself, and then teaching three or four women. And the cool thing is these are three or four women with no careers, no income, you know, uh, uh, previously unemployed. And now she's got 350 women working for her in, in uh, you know, protecting uh, malls and schools and factories all wow. over the region. Wow. Huge success. Another really cool. Uh, that is a. Yeah. Is this just, wild? That is a cool story. Um, another really cool one was uh, this this business that goes around, like there's there's millions of wells, like, uh, you know, bore wells that have been drilled over the years, you know, to, to get water for drinking and whatnot. Um, the problem with India is there's a wet season and a dry season. It's not a problem, but it's a challenge. Because during the wet season, you can grow a lot. During the dry season, everything dries up. So essentially, farmers, uh, similar to here in Canada, when it snows, you can't really harvest anything so they're losing 50 percent of their opportunity because of the dry season so this guy had this innovation of reclaiming these bore wells that haven't been used for years building these massive pits huge pits like the size of an olympic swimming pool pretty much well not that big it's probably well, it's probably about 30 feet 30 by uh 20 feet or something like that very deep wells sorry deep holes you know excavator comes in and they become water retaining holes. And during the, the the wet season, they fill up right to the top. And even through the dry, it it retains. So these guys are now able to grow fruits and vegetables all year round. And it has completely changed the lives of these farmers. Because nobody previous to this had the ability to think about bringing an excavator in. These people are, are living off less than $2 a day. Yeah. So the, Pondish, oh, sorry, the, the Deshwande Center is enabling this entrepreneur right. to help by uh, purchasing a couple excavators. Nothing is free. Everything gets paid back, you mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Deshpande Center bought these excavators. Mm-hmm. So the entrepreneurs, all they have to do is pay for the fuel and uh, the time for the operator, hmm. right? So um, Deshpande Center is putting, is making these little impacts by uh, teaching people to fish, right? Not giving them fish. Saying, okay, what's the problem here? You're not getting enough uh, water to continue growing. Well, let's figure out how to solve that. Oh, uh, to build a hole like this, you need an excavator and it's way too expensive. Well, maybe that's something that we as successful business people with profit can help with. We're not going to dig the wells for you or the holes for you, but we can can purchase this excavator, no problem. But you guys need to, to, to pay to operate it. You know, so it's, and this is motivation. And And so, and you, and I'm just guessing, or I mean, I'm assuming that you had your cameras with you through this whole thing. Oh my thing, gosh, yeah. Capturing all I this filmed stuff. 12, 12 hours of footage for what oh, so, and might were, end up being a four minute segment. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and so you're giving, you're giving us some of the examples of stories. What were the, like, you know, and how long were you there altogether, Greg? We landed on my birthday slash anniversary, yeah. February 2nd, which was, was Monday. My wife was sure. very happy. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, thank you, Jessica. For, thank you, Jessica. Love you. And then, uh, um, so we were, we saw we were at sites Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then there was a very cool conference um, called uh, Development Dialogue for Saturday Sunday, um, and then we left Sunday night to come back home another forty eight hours. So uh, the Development Dialogue 
I got to tell you about this. The, um, I told you how hard it is to get there. Yeah. Well, some of the delegates that came that actually did the trip would just blow your mind. This year's uh, Nobel Prize laureate was wow. the keynote. Wow. And I get to hang out with him and interview him. And um, we had and who, some, who is some, that, by the way, for the, um, for, for the people? Kalish, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name, but in, in the, um, in, in the, the podcast notes, we'll, we'll put a link to them. Okay. And soon I'll have uh, the, my interview that I filmed with him cut, yeah. and then we'll, we'll put that up too. Such an inspiring person. Where and, is he, and where is he from? He's from a northern part of India. Okay. And he has sp- devoted his life to freeing slave children. So, because uh, uh, child uh, slavery is still very real in uh, uh, many parts of the, of the planet, right? So he uh, single-handedly goes in and like breaks breaks away 25 30 kids at a time and like he's a superhero this wow. guy and he's massive oh is he <laughs> but like and the, just the way he talks passionately like you cannot walk away from a conversation with this guy without feeling holy jumpins am i doing enough in this world right now right. like you feel frustrated walking away from talking to people like that cuz like do I have enough time to actually make impact the yeah. way someone like yeah, this is? Yeah. So like they, the, they raise your game, right? Oh, yeah, yeah totally. Right, so right. Uh, I came back inspired. In fact, I came back. This is interesting. This is going to be t- spinning on to me now. And you're my coach, so you can uh, you can pry on pry with me on this. I came back frustrated. Um, and I've only been home for two days. But, uh, um, I, you know, I, I, I always have a hard time understanding when friends go away and they come back changed and they... They're all, uh, you know, they're in a different place. And I was like, oh, come on. But I, I say that arrogantly because I travel a lot. and I, You never had the experience. And it wasn't traveling to India that did it to me. It was talking to people like this who are changing the world significantly. I'm making movies that, you know, impact people. Uh, yes, uh, you're, you're uh, impacting people by h- helping them grow uh, in their businesses, um, which actually from the outside, you and I are making great impact. I think if people like you and I talk to these people, um, it will raise the game. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not that we have to go out and free slaves, or yeah, yeah. you know, we can we can make these well, impacts. Let, in so, our, let's tell yeah. me about the like, tell us about the frustration. What do you? What, what, where's that coming from? I'm frustrated that um, I I've got this burning uh, desire inside to make more of a positive change in the world, but we're still doing commercials. TV commercials. We're still doing corporate videos. We're still helping brands and uh, and the marketing machine grow to make profits. All good. There's nothing wrong with that, because I think, I my my belief is business has. Uh, if we can employ people and you know increase profits, we have the opportunity to uh, to really make a positive impact in the world. So, I don't have any moral issue with doing what I'm doing. I just don't see what we're doing uh, making a quick enough impact, and. Um, I've got my focus right now on really soon uh, growing Hemings House in a whole different way, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just because we, uh, uh, I don't know if it's a we thing at this point, but for me, uh, I just turned 38 and I'm still a young pup, but I feel really old yeah, and I feel like it's you. time. <laughs> it is time to stop messing around and uh, uh, yeah, and, and and figure out how we're going to use our skills and our talents and our gifts to make a better a better impact. So can I can I give you my perspective on frustration when I hear that in people yeah. and like including myself, yeah. you know? Um uh to me it's like this great catalyst to 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 take you to that next whatever that next level is for you. Yeah. And uh and you know it's the exact opposite of being complacent. 
right? And sometimes when we, and at least that, that's how I try to use that energy myself. And when I hear it in clients that we can, you know, and maybe this isn't a perfect fit for you, but I just want to throw this perspective out, you know, you know, maybe that's the, the edge, you know, that, that that's rubbing against you, that's bothering you, that, that is going to require you to do something different that's more aligned with this beautiful vision you have. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, um, and, and sometimes we, I'm not saying you're doing this, Greg, but sometimes, or at least it's, maybe it's just me, but you look at frustration and, you, you know, you're frustrated that you're frustrated, you know, and then it's right. like, well, wait a sec, though, this is actually the grit. This is actually this. This is actually going to help move us to the level. So, so I think it's a beautiful thing. And particularly when we when we run across people who do that. And as an example, um, I and we and I'm, so as we're talking, I'm thinking of all these great people we can interview. Um, and that I, I I can't wait to see the 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 you know whatever out you know outtakes you have or yeah. just footage you have on India because I just love to you know this trip. I mean it sounds right, fabulous. Right, right. Um, I had a, I have a buddy I went to school with at Notre Dame uh, in uh, Saskatchewan. Played hockey with him for three years. He is the uh, he is now the executive director. He was the principal of the school, the Mother Teresa Middle School, where they take um, uh, the, the 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 one of the guys who founded is a businessman who actually you know met Mother Teresa, and he with some other business people were saying how can we how can we support you? And she said go home and go to your go to your community and and create a school for for kids that that, that really need it. And so he, this businessman, his name is Paul Hill, came back, did this. Curtis, my friend, does it. I go in, and I walk through the school, and I mean, I was emotional because these, these, you know, you can tell these kids are from tough realities, but they are. It's amazing to see the impact he was having, yeah. And 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 through these kids and what they were doing and how they came up and shook your hand and the stories and I mean, I, you know, all the things that you experienced. And I walked away going, geez. Like the same feeling. Yeah. What the hell am I doing? <laughs> you yeah. know, like yeah. so inspired by what he he's doing and the people, you know, so that's just really interesting experience, isn't it? Yeah, well, it is. And uh, maybe maybe we do need people from the outside to remind us what we are doing because we, um, we I think I think entrepreneurs are hard on, on ourselves a lot. About, are we making enough profit? Are we growing enough? Are we employing enough people? Are we making enough social impact? Or, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, and that's where you come in really brilliantly, Dave, because as an executive coach, um, you have the ability to draw out of your your clients, is that what we call them, Cli- uh, your coaches, the ability to actually recognize their own brilliance and their own successes, uh, which uh, you're very good at doing. And uh, that's why I, 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 I do feel I, I'm okay to say we are making impact. Yeah. I just feel that uh, maybe I'm frustrated that we're not making enough uh, financial gains yet uh, to make the incredible social impact we want to make. Mm-hmm. That might be it. I think you're, well, that's good. And to me, for my, for where I sit, I watch you as your colleague or your peer or your friend, uh, local, you know, another entrepreneur. And I just think you're, you're setting the table and you, yeah, you mean, it's amazing. And I, geez, I just walked in like today, for example, I know you're frustrated with the technology and I, I went over and, and I walked by all these people doing all this cool work here. And I went back in my head to a time where I was, we were, and we've alluded to this in another podcast if people yeah. listen to it, but I was in the basement of your house and I, and then you guys had me on camera and I was saying, no, I see, I see something for these guys. And it was three of you and you guys got me on the drums and all that crazy stuff. <laughs> and I was using, today I was just sitting there using the washroom and I was like, this is unbelievable. Look what, look what has happened with these guys, you know, through Greg's leadership and stuff. Well, I think I'm back there right now yeah. because back then I remember I was like, 
probably owed five thousand dollars to the government, and I was like, uh, I, I thought probably I was going to shut the shut the door. Maybe a lot more. <laughs> I don't know. You were having financial oh, crisis, but remember, uh, which we all have. Had. We had different challenges back then than we do now. Yeah. But I'm back in that position, saying because yeah. now I'm saying, hey, we're we are a profitable company. We're yeah. bigger than I've ever thought we'd have actually ever make it, make it. To be honest yeah. with you, but now we're not making enough in my mind to make the immediate, I'm not patient enough for this, the immediate social impact I want to make. Um, well, I mean, maybe, okay. But so there's, so we got, we get, I'm looking at the time. <laughs> I know we're trying to keep our time yeah. for 30 minutes. So, cause there's a whole other piece to that, right? Which is, you know, is it, is it just profit? But I mean, you just have, you also have a medium that has the potential to have a huge, and it has, and is having yeah. a huge impact on a daily basis. I'm showing your, um, videos on a regular basis and the work I do through the teaching leaders to coach. And uh, one in particular, you know, what is coaching? And, and it's that, that where you film all these all these coaches. And right. I'm still using it. I just use it on that's Tuesday. Awesome. And people are using it all over, you know, so that's just, that's just one little tiny piece of your work that is actually having an impact. That's amazing. And, you know, and you, you with the piano coach in Italy and all that stuff. We have to find that full-length documentary. I've got it somewhere. But we've referenced it a few times. Do oh, you I, have? Oh, we got it. It goes out, and every time we sent we we sent uh, ninety one out the other day, ninety one of um, DVDs. Get out. Yeah. No, seriously, it's go, it goes in every package. Okay. I'll have to show it to you. That, <laughs> and that, that this company that distributes it, this coaching on the box, right. that you know we use their product. Yeah. So, oh yeah, you didn't know that. So, so you see, that's. The, I always thought you used a little, little shortened version of well, it. We do, but we have the full full length one in there too. There so, um, but we're looking. I'm looking at the time. So. Um, so th- I'm going to leave it to I you. I can't wait for you to do takeaways, uh, like by yourself. <laughs> oh, right. I, well, I, want, I want your biggest lesson. One, one, the biggest lesson from your experience in India with these amazing people doing, uh, you know, having, and I'm going to use your word, epic impact. Okay, well, um, maybe I'm going to I'm gonna flip uh, flip it around from what, what I was just saying about why maybe I shouldn't be frustrated. Um, it's the people there are so uh, respectful and so friendly and so loving and they, they don't like they're all over you as, as a foreigner but not for any other reason than they want to learn you know which is really really cool um and the little tiny impacts that these people are making these small little social entrepreneurship ventures is empowering them so much and they feel so proud of themselves and the people in the community are looking at them as heroes um so maybe after this conversation uh, i should i should look at that and all of us who are doing great work as, as business leaders and entrepreneurs should recognize that these little impacts that we're making actually are significant in other people's eyes, you know, and maybe we should start uh, recognizing it within ourselves that we are making phenomenal impact. <clears throat> as long as we keep that as a filter as we grow um, and don't get greedy and continue to use our uh, resources for the right reason, then uh, that's what has the power to change our world and our, and our community. I truly believe that business has that power. And uh, you'll be hearing lots more from me on that as, as time goes on. Love it. Greg Hemmings, thank you for being on The Bowling Point. It's a pleasure. My first time uh, in this uh, really cool, uh, tiny... No, you're not allowed to talk about that. Yeah, sorry. sorry that's the rule, guess, <laughs> and host from way back. I can't wait to interview you next, Dave. So, folks, <laughs> if um, if you there will be some links um, to Greg's the project Greg's involved with, some other folks. I know we're going to get some of your co uh collaborators on here a couple in particular we've had one on already um but you know that's the thing i can say and and since greg is uh not in the booth anymore i'm doing my my follow-up um he does in hemming's house does some fabulous stuff so check out uh their work at hemminghouse.com 
dot com. Hemings. I, I know. I know. I'm not here, but Hemingshouse.com. And I don't even know my co-host's last name clearly. Hemings I'm gonna call House. you Dave Vay. Dave Vay. <laughs> you can call me Dave Veal. Everyone calls me that. Veal. <laughs> or cutlets wow. works. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, but so so check it out because he, there's so many cool things they're doing, uh, and and I I just happen along it sometimes and i see greg all the time so share this uh and we're going to have this called down to uh to uh 30 minutes i believe from matt and the takeaway music should be anything matt desires ah okay thank you talk soon next week donnie fillmore uh talking about the trucking industry it's a it'll be an interesting talk guaranteed bye-bye thanks for checking out this episode of boiling point Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.